What's up, everybody? Eric with Mixtapes. Thanks for tuning in. On today's show, we got another first. We got two guests on the show at the same time. Haven't done this yet. These two gentlemen are bandmates and also record label mates. Really looking forward to hearing what it's like running the record label and the balance that you have to do between doing that. Welcome to the show, Mark and Tony from Tone Mark Sounds. How are you guys doing tonight? Um, I'm doing good. Yeah. <laughs> Things are awesome. good. God, good, good, good. Hey, um, let's get right into the label talk. Let's start there. I mean, and obviously we have a history, the three of us, but uh, I want to talk about the label. So explain to the listeners what Tone Mark Sounds is and how it came about. And let's start with you, Mark. Okay. Um, well, uh, I think really it was, a, it was sort of a, a mutual idea that we probably both had, but never expressed until <laughs> uh, uh, Tony had brought it up, you know, an idea of of uh, really trying to to put out records that were that we liked for starters, whether or not we were involved with them or not, but also to try and get uh, records into the hands of more people than just your friends and your family. Like that's like the dual sort of process behind it. Music we like, and also figuring out a way from a PR standpoint, you know, to try and get it in front of more folks, and. Um, Really, a lot of it stemmed from the success of, of the Kanawha record. Tony and I are in a band called Kanawha. And uh, on our own, we put out a record that wasn't a tone mark record. We just put it out. And uh, we found out by working that for real and trying to get some airplay um, and trying to get on you know blogs and podcasts and all that, that it actually ended up being pretty successful. So it's like, well, you know, maybe it wouldn't be a half bad idea to, uh, to, to try and make a run of this, at least with our own projects and people that we like in the circle, you know, to see what happened. And then Tony can probably tell you more about the studio part of it, which was kind of the icing on the cake and beyond for what we were doing. Yeah. I, uh, I, you know, like you order equipment from Zounds. I'm sure you've, you've, you've used that website before. Oh yeah. And it's like you can go up to you know twelve months, whatever. If you're a, a regular, regular you know person that buys from them a ton, so I got to a point to where I could you know do twelve months payments and everything without the credit check and all that. So, in order to get to like a certain you know amount, I was like, I'll throw this little interface on there. You know, it comes with a microphone and a set of headphones. This will be fun. And that was two years ago, and. Now, thousands and thousands of dollars later, and where I'm sitting at right now in front of this con contraption that I've put together, it just, you know, it made sense to, if we were going to use this space that I was building for us, the label could also benefit from it, you know, like give bands that don't have the chance to drop you know, 1200 $1,400, $1,500 on just, you know, demo recordings, essentially. <clears throat> Give them a spot where they can essentially record for free, you know. And then that first step is taken, you know, less stressfully. So Makes complete sense. You know, the other thing that, you know, is cool about it is, so you have basically a rehearsal spot in your basement. You decide, let's turn it into a full-fledged studio. 
mm-hmm. you know, you can come down and basically work whenever you want to. So, so mm-hmm. you're basically learning not even on the fly. It's like you're just tweaking and getting better and better, and, and mm-hmm. you don't have to actually rent out a studio to do that. You know your space. You're getting to know your space better. Thanks to Zounds. I mean, I'm using this microphone from Zounds, and all the guitars you see behind me are pretty much because the Zounds. I think they do. They're amazing for us musicians that don't have, you know, tons and tons of cash to just drop down on gear, you know, to be. Able, and they send it right to you, which is amazing. But yeah. it's really cool to think about how you are a record label, but you're also a recording studio. But then I think the icing on, on top of the cake, and, and Mark can talk about this, is you guys have marketing backgrounds, especially Mark with with writing for newspapers, writing reviews, you yeah. know, doing interviews. You have all that background too. So it's not like you're just, you know, if you're a band that, you know, is on your label, it's not like you're just going in to, you know, produce a record. I mean, you're getting it recorded there. And then also the PR, there's a background there. And I think there's not a lot of people doing that. If I'm, if yeah, I'm and, and part of it was kind of modeled a little bit once we actually started, once it became clear that we were going to do a dual thing here where we would have records recorded there as well as we put those out and then promote them later. You know, a lot of the 80s, um, uh, especially Midwest and East Coast punk rock people did it like that. You know, they had um, their their pet studios, you know, inner ear uh, audio and in Washington, D.C., basically recorded every single record that was on Discord records, where you had Minor Threat and Fugazi and Government Issue and all those people. Pretty much that was the kind of way it rolled. Touch and Go records in Chicago, same thing, you know, where they would use, uh, you know, specific engineers and specific studios uh, in order to kind of have that as a network. And, And labels kind of got away with or got away from that somewhat you know nowadays you know but just because a lot of people just record their own stuff and just give it to you you know uh which we do too by the way if someone wants to do that Mm -hmm. we'll do any kind of combo really that makes sense for the artist and kind of how they want to approach it but um but uh also all of those labels i mentioned had their own pr engines too they had people who were the publicists that worked for it to try to get him into college radio or wherever it's at. Well, uh, college radio, I mean, it still exists, but it doesn't have that kind of power anymore. So what do you do now? You try to get it on the internet in other spots, you know, you try to get it on pods and, and you try to get it um, onto websites that review things and you try to get it on Spotify folks, um, which is kind of difficult, but you try to get it, you know, in their ears too, if, you know, they do playlists that are actually listened to by more than a handful of folks. And so, um, yeah, and that's and that was the whole idea again, part and parcel to why we wanted to do it was to try and get um, all these bands that we liked and that were in um, out out in in public more in real public, you know, not just in Reno, Nevada, but elsewhere. You know, try to get them, you know, on the coasts. You know, try to get them, especially if they're going to tour eventually. You know, get them in these little areas where they can actually get a little bit more attention than kind of this the standard just throwing your record out there thing that a lot of people do when they do DIY. Did you have the idea? of doing it like that from the very beginning or does it come from more discussions between the two of you guys on like, this is how we should do it. Who wants to take that one? Tony can take that one. Cause I talked. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, when we first started talking about it, I was like, that was basically kind of the first thing that we talked about. It was like, okay, you've got you as in Mark, you've got this background in marketing and the, just the, 
uh, immense amounts of legwork that he did digitally to get the Kenawa record out there. I mean, we didn't play a single show once we got those records in hand and we sold all but two digitally, like actual physical vinyl records put in the mail out the door like that. And that was all because Mark did what he does best, you know, uses his knowledge and skills and, you know, years and years and years of, of marketing and A&R and all that shit to get all, you know, us out there. So it was just a natural, a natural like progression in my head to go, okay, we've got the studio where we're going to, you know, start recording bands and everything. It makes a ton more sense to, you know, like kind of split it down the middle and have Mark do what he's really good at. And then I can do hopefully what I've become really good at (laughs) on my end. And, and it just coalesced from there. And it was, it was really great. Like, you know, the, the, the more and more we had conversations and the more and more that we, we dove into like what exactly we wanted to do, not just for us, but for the artists, it, it, it just made more sense each week we met and, you know, and, and you know, little things would pop up and be like, okay, cool. Like we can, you know, we have the studio for him. So like, you know, I'm going to learn not just, tracking i'm gonna i'm gonna learn mixing i'm gonna learn mastering too so that we can have all that in, in-house if they want it and in turn like if we don't track their record they can send it to me digitally you know right if they, if they have somebody mix it i can master it you know stuff like that and then on that end like mark basically does the same thing where he sets up like an interview like he used to do on the phones with you know all these amazing stars he sets up like this interview with them takes down all the notes and then he'll do their essential launch out of so it's coming from the horse's mouth essentially right, right. So, which yeah is- and, re- and really trying to to find and uh take a lot of time to find different kind of avenues for people too depending on what kind of genre they are that's another thing too because because we want to put out a lot of different kinds of records so uh, mostly it's been obviously guitar driven rock and roll because that's what we do but you know there's little nuances in between all that so a lot of what i do even between records is is look for places that conceivably could uh review it and or play it and get it to a wider audience you know and also working all the stuff i i figured out during canawa you know, which was, uh, you know, how to get it on digitally, how to get it on Apple, how to get it on Spotify, you know, what, how to get, gain Bandcamp properly so people will find you organically on there, which happened a bunch with Kanawha. And um, so just just all of those things I, I just learned over the years is what made it, made it uh, viable for me to try to do this for other folks, you know, once I figure out again you know, where they want to go and kind of what they want to do with it. To me, it seems so smart because I think as musicians, and, and we're all musicians here, and and we know a ton of musicians, obviously, right, because we've been doing it forever. It always seems like the less you make musicians do, the more successful they can be because they're just concentrating on their craft, right? Yes. So I think that's, you know, I've had conversations with other people before where they – where they'll say, well, and, and it was weird. I was trying to do these house shows and the bands didn't even want to get paid and they were surprised when I was offering them money. And it was just this crazy thing where it's like, you know, bands just want to write music and record and 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 kind of do what like labels did back in the day. But that doesn't really exist much anymore because the profits and everything, the, the system isn't the same as it used to be, right? So I guess the next question I want to ask you guys 
because I find this really intriguing, is you both play in multiple bands, right? Mark, you play in two bands right now, mm-hmm. right? Is that correct? And then Tony Caroline and uh, Manchild, yeah, right. And then Tony, you play with Mark, but you also have you have do you have three bands or two or two bands right now? Uh, just just band wise, Kenawa and this 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 new project, Honest Without Telling, that I'm working with Jeremy Granada with um and then i do my instrumental stuff but so young goodman brown not so much anymore or um we we're working on finishing that ep up but it's more because jeff lives in sweden right and so it's going to be more along the lines of when so basically get together once a year and smash out a little ep sure sure so here's my question and i'll start with you tony first how do you balance playing in multiple bands and doing what you're doing with the label it oh that's a good question um you know at the core of it each band has to has to draw something from me artistically that the other can't you know what i mean like honest without telling like is going to be this really heavy brutal almost hardcore stonery thing where Kenawa is moving more towards, you know, my love of, of 90s grunge and, and like really, you know, just grooving rock sort of stuff. And then my instrumental stuff is, you know, that's that's me trying to get out there and hopefully land a job scoring movies or television shows and stuff like that. So, you know, starting there, each one has to have a home in my brain to where it can be like, all right, if I like write, come up with a riff it'd be like oh instantly i'm like that's a kenamaw kind of riff or if i like messing around on the keyboards i'm like oh let's transcribe that to guitar and it's like that's an honest without telling thing now with the label it's more of once i get everything finished then it's okay what is the listener listening for as an artist i'm creating something that i want to wear on my sleeve and it's got a ton of emotion to it but as the you know representative of the label and you know the studio is what is going to make the listener stop and listen to this over and over and over and over again and those are two completely different things in my brain and also on top of that once I get to that point it immediately always goes to mark for last listen so I have him as as you know, the angel and devil on the shoulder sort of thing being like, Oh, you know, like mostly the devil. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, he, he's, he's really good at like, you know, we were actually talking about this last week, you know, but he's really good at arrangement. I mean, I, I you know, same thing with like in dirt communion, when we were all in dirt communion, like I could write a riff, no problem. But you know, you guys, both of you were like, well, no, like let's not, like, let's reel that in, simplify it so vocals can fit here sort of thing. And relying on relying on people creatively has opened me up even more creatively and has helped me kind of look at this journey with Mark and then label being like, okay, you know, because my career as a cook and a chef was always like, fuck them, they'll never do it my way. So I'll always have to do it, you know, me or nothing, you know. So it's, you know, being in bands and being with Mark on the label and being, you know, even just in the studio and having the help that I do have, it's help, it's opened me up 
quite a bit to being, you know, not hard on myself if I need help or like, and I'm, I'm like welcoming of it now. Nice. Nice. Uh, Mark, how about you? How do you balance? Um, for me, a, a lot of it is, uh, is the same way I kind of have to balance my, my, uh, straight career, I guess you could call it, <laughs> which is, um, as well, well, up until recently, I was a, I was a freelancer. I was writing for a bunch of different people and doing a lot of different things, like up to five at a time, you know, it's part-time. And um, I have a full-time job now, but uh, there are a lot of deliverables within that full-time job, right? Just like everyone else has. And, and to me, that's I, one, one of the things that I've, I'm good at is that organization and figuring out, you know, how much time things take once I do them and, and how it actually works. And so a lot of, a lot of that is the way that I kind of compartmentalize it in my brain is like, well, this is sort of Kenawa time. So this is when I need to, you know, work on the words or work on the words with Tony, or I need to memorize this thing or when we practice, you know, or when we record and man child's the same thing. Like we have a night dedicated to that, you know, and I'm doing things during the day, you know, that are more manual oriented. And then of course, doing things during the day that have to do with the label, especially if we're in the middle of a record, like right now, uh, the band I was in that I'm not anymore called vague choir, just put a record out. Um, and, and I'm right in the middle of the PR for that now, like it's, it's going to be pretty much wrapped up on when either Wednesday or Thursday, depending on, <laughs> uh, a couple of things, but you know, that's, that's, that's how I kind of balance just the time, out for that but as far as like sort of the mental capacity for it or or the attitude toward it it's very similar to tony um they all represent sort of different things that i like to do and that i need to do and so it's very easy for me you know when i'm in that mode of whichever one it is to kind of dedicate the time to it and not be distracted by it i got a very different role for all three of those things you know Kenawa, I'm not playing guitar. I'm just the singer. I write the words with Tony and we do shows and I book shows pretty much. Um, Manchild is really different. It's split four ways. I share the lyric duties again with another guy with a drummer, Dan Steinmetz. And then, um, but I play guitar in that one too and come up with the riff. So that's, that's, those two bands are like really different from each other, not just sonically, but in what my role is. You know, and the nice thing about it is that the role for both of those bands for me is not 24 <laughs> seven, you know, it's, right. it's very easy for me to, you know, to come back and break out of it when I need to do something else, you know, and do all the other things I do in my life too. You know, right. Cause a, little, say, a, a lot of it is just breaking it down into bite-sized pieces in a way in order to make it work, you know, and some people think that's like, you know, we're not giving your all or you're 100%, but I always thought that was a myth anyway. I think that, I think that, you know, if you're in the seat of what you need to do at the time, you know, you can get a lot accomplished if you, if you, if you really put your mind to it for whatever it is that you need to do. Uh, and then you can go on to the next one and you can learn how to do that. It's something you learn how to do over time. And, you know, you guys are both married too. So it's yeah. like, then you, you have to find time for the personal time too. It's, it's, mm -hmm. It's 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 a balancing act, and you know it's 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 cool to hear this because especially for the listeners, the aspiring musicians that listen to the show, it gives them an idea. I think a really good, clear idea of okay, well, 
how do I balance this? You know, can I play more, more than one band? Like, how do I devote my time evenly? How do I, how do I not get burned out? You know, how, how do those things, how do, how do balance really is the key. And I was, and I was really curious to hear how you guys are doing it. Cause I know you guys and I know the projects you take on the bands you're in, you know, you, like I said, both having families, it's very, it's very interesting to me to see how you run the ship and how you make it successful. Um, another question I want to ask you guys, and I'll start with Tony first on this one. And it's a three-parter, okay? Oh, here we go. Yo, it's really it's it's actually simple, and I think it's cool. And, and maybe you guys haven't thought about this question yet. So, if I if I caught you off guard, I apologize. Um, so, with this project that you guys have, right, this label, what thing have you learned from the studio side, the recording side, and the marketing side? Like, what's the thing that you t you've taken away the most from each one of those so far? Well, um, what was the first part? The recordings? Yeah, the recording side. Um, being an arrogant little shit and being like, I'm going to buy this stuff and just do it myself um, is not the way to go. It, <laughs> it, uh, Imagine because, that. Because we would have had great sound. We would have had our fifth fucking record out by now But because it's, it's taken me that long, you know. So the takeaway from that is, is you know, be humble. You got to be humble. You got to take the time. You got to take the when something's not working, take a deep breath, walk away, go sit down with the wife, chat, watch a television show, come back to it in the morning, you know, or, or after work the next day. So being humble and being patient is is huge on that end. And then the second part was the studio, um, just creating like a, a spot that vibes with the artist, you know, like. You know, I thought it was kind of goofy that I bought these like digital lights and everything. But, you know, I mean, when you came in and recorded like, hey, let's make it blue and like let's drop the lights down. And it really like not only got you where you needed to be like emotionally in that moment, but like it helped me too. like I was like, oh, wow, like he's comfy. Now I'm comfortable. Right. Um, right. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, making making because, we, you know, that's one of the things about going into the studio is it's always so intimidating you know like right so my, my biggest takeaway from the, the studio side is is having a really good bedside manner you know being there for the artist and guiding them in a way that you know helps them ultimately at the end but also being open to have them help guide me because i'm still fairly new at this stuff and then on the marketing stuff was how god man like what is it? Lunchtime, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, evening time, Saturday and Sunday, you know, like just learning when and what time and algorithms and all this stuff. Like, fuck, man. I remember printing a flyer and just going around with a staple gun and being like, yep. cool, we did our part. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and like, you can't do that anymore. It's like, all right, cool. Like, I mean, like I was joking with the wife earlier about you know like you know maybe one of the things that we need to get mark working on is on tiktok and she laughed and i was like but she was like actually that's not a bad idea you know it's not, right you need to have it a depends on the band but yeah yeah like a tone mark tiktok so i think i think i think on the marketing side of it is you know making stuff look as good and eye-catching as possible on my end because i kind of help create more of the design side of it Right. And then 
allowing Mark to just really do what he does best. You know, so I guess the takeaway there is, is I have no fucking skill whatsoever at marketing. I can take a good picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's why I asked that question. I'm going to ask it to Mark here in a second, but I'm going to set Mark up on this too, okay. is I wondered when I asked this question to both of you, I wondered like, actually, you know what? Let me ask the question to Mark first and then I'll do the follow-up both ways. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause, cause it'll be more of a real answer that you won't have, you won't have a chance to think about what I'm going to say. So Mark, give me the same answer to those questions if you don't mind. And it would be for both, all three of those things recording. Yeah. Recording. Process. Yeah. Yeah. Recording, um, studio side recording and marketing. Okay. So, so studio side recording is kind of the same thing though. But here's where, so, okay, so, so here's my question. Here's what I was looking for, right? That I thought maybe it's like you guys are running a label, but you're in bands. Oh, oh, you mean, oh, you mean so, from, from being, being an artist and then being a person who's an A&R person. So, and since you're doing, person. and since you're doing this. And what did I learn from all three? Okay. When you're in the future. You know what I yeah. mean? Because that's the other thing that I think is really, really powerful for you guys. Not only yeah. running a label, the lessons you're learning from running the label I wonder how much that seeps into your the band side of the bands you're in. Yeah, if that, if that, and, and, if that and makes for sense. Me, yeah, for the recording part, for me now, I've done with Tony. I've recorded two things: one, your record, Eric. Mm -hmm. I, I did vocals and drums on half of it, and then um, and then the Vague Choir record, right? Pretty much right after it, or close to it. You know, within a couple of months. And um, I did learn a lot from from having it be a lot more of a homey experience in both senses of the word H-O-M-E-Y <laughs> and H-O-M-I-E, having a homey in charge of me, um, which is good because I think that... Um, you know, and, and and I've known everyone who's ever recorded me. I've never, I've very rarely gone in blind, even back when I was living in Minnesota and stuff. But um, I, I I really liked uh, Tony's approach, and I'd like everyone to do it <laughs> from now on. If they ever ask me advice on how to do a record, you know, and it's and it's and it's the approach that's worked forever. You know, just you know, trusting trusting in the equipment to capture it properly, and trusting in yourself to give the kind of performance that you need to give that, you know, it just seeps off the record. It is compelling because if it's not, you won't have anything to market. It'll just be boring or it'll just be so sterile that no one will care or so sloppy that everyone will care in a negative way. Right. So that delicate balance of, of getting all of that right is, is a big part of what Tony does when he coaxes people, even people like me, you know, who've been in the studio way too much and, and have our own little habits and weirdnesses and what we do. So, so I, I, from the vague experience, especially I learned, um, cause I was more comfortable in that one cause it was my role I'm used to for 10 years in that band. Uh, I learned a lot more about, you know, how, how, how the inner workings of that all, all makes the final product more so that's where we're at because i knew we were going to put a record out for real and i was going to put the record out with tony tone mark so i would go in knowing that a little bit when i would actually perform it you know knowing that i had to have it as at a certain level you know to feel proud enough as the marketing guy to say hey this is a really good record and if you like this that and the other thing so that was so the recording aspect of it uh, that was that was one thing, and that was maybe more bound in the studio stuff too. Um, but uh, as far as uh, 
just sonically, it, it, a lot, it's kind of the same thing, you know, and, and I've I heard this when we've, when we've recorded other people now too, or, or some of the records that we have in progress now, or some of the people I know we're going to work with, not only Manchild, we are going to do a record for Tonmark at some point this year, but you know, other people I want to work with is, is hoping the bands understand that too, you know, that they understand that, you know, you know, not necessarily that this is a, a document that has to live forever because that makes people nervous, but more of a document of, of a moment in time, right? You're capturing a moment in time that you're trying to make compelling to somebody. You know, someone wants to listen to this. It's one thing Tony Mark's not going to put out, unless Tony corrects me here in a minute, is, is something like super avant-garde, we hate the audience stuff, because why you know there's no point in that so everyone wants to be heard that's that's a given right you know unless unless you've got a, a, a huge grant and you're just making a bunch of noise and taking the check but um I've, i have found out that other bands understand that more when you talk to them about it and it's a little bit more innate than i thought it was within with other bands you know from a marketing standpoint that people kind of understand hey in order to get this out in front of other people it's got to be at a high quality I've got to perform at my, you know, 100%, not just in quality, but in, you know, emotion and feeling. And, and, and I have to have a story, <clears throat> you know, really we're telling stories here and not only the story of the record, but the story of, of the songs themselves and what is it all about and thinking about that kind of stuff more, you know, as a musician, I've always thought about that because of the journalism tie in my life since I've been a journalist since I was 16. But, um, I found when talking more to bands that they understand that too and they get it, you know, and, and, and that's been really nice. That's been a nice surprise, you know, whereas I thought a lot of people were kind of just drifting around, just doing whatever. And there's plenty of people like that too, but so far we haven't worked with them yet. So it's <laughs> always nice, right? It's always yeah. As nice. far as the label goes. Yeah. And then marketing wise, the main thing I learned was, uh, or so far is that, um, it, it takes a lot more sending out to even get a, a sliver of attention. You know, the proportionate of that was, was kind of a, an interesting wake up call. Um, and, uh, and also not to get discouraged if for some reason you don't get, you know, what you think is coming to you, you know, uh, if you've got, even people writing you back from a blog promising you that you're going to be on it and then you're not, you know, whoop-de-doo, right? You take the little victories that you take and you hope it means something down the road. Just like when you play in front of an audience and you can play to 10 people, but if those 10 people come see you every single show you do from now on, that's a good thing, right? Absolutely. You know, as opposed to playing to 12,000 people and a thousand of them liking you and maybe buying your record, you know? which is more of what I'm dealing with <laughs> is that high volume sins, but the reward maybe not being, you know, as, as proportionate as it was when the Kenawa thing happened for whatever reason. And just to keep rolling with stuff and, and, and trying different avenues as much as you can within the life of, of that PR campaign, you can't drag it on forever because after a while no one cares, but, you know, within that sort of month ish plus time frame to really kind of work, on on getting it in front of people whenever you see opportunities like right in front of you like when you're when you're surfing the net and you're like oh i subscribe to that 
that page that's about metal. Maybe I should send them the record and then just go send them the record. You know, those kinds of things. And being more, having your radar out more and being in more in tune with that when you're in a campaign, like for real. So I'm navigating that and learning that and how to make that more innate is, is kind of what I'm hoping to do a lot this year better. You know, you know it's interesting too, because I kind of look at your label almost like how I look at my podcast where it's like I'm interviewing people that I'm interested in interviewing and uh, I hope to have good conversations and tell stories, right? And then it's out there. So then what I hope for is somebody listens to another interview I've done and go, wow, that was a cool interview and then goes, I wonder what else, who else this guy's interviewed and then, oh, you know what? These guys are talking about you know owning a record label and all this sort of stuff. I'll click on this and check it out. It's the same thing you know with it's like it, taking time knowing maybe the instant gratification isn't there, which is a world we live in nowadays, unfortunately. But you know, just kind of grinding through it little by little, you start to build up. And I think as you guys build up more of your roster of bands that are on your label, I think that'll just cross pollinate where more people will be like, I like this record who else of these guys who else is on their label you know what i mean and it's kind of like that slow burn too at the same time where you're getting more people interested you know and then it just kind of hopefully keeps going on from there my next question to that would be how many bands and this is probably a bad question in a way because there's probably not a, a number or maybe there is how many bands are you guys looking to record a year mark you want to take that one yes because we did discuss this <laughs> right when we started, because that's what I had seen a lot of labels do uh, wrong is that they bit off more than they could chew. And they had so many friends in the scene or so many people who were, they were interested in, and there is a ton of good music out there still. Whenever I hear, you know, people my age or, or older or some younger say, there's no good rock and roll anymore. I just want to slap them, frankly, because there's tons of it. And you want to put out a record every week if you could, but there's just no way. So we decided uh, somewhere between seven and eight records a year would be the most that we would do. So not even a record a month. Um, and if we do less than that, cool. Um, so that's the limit is eight. Um if we had enough people on the roster to do something like that. Um, and, and really part, part of that is not only um, time, you know, knowing that's all we could really promote and do something with and make some kind of impact if we can, but also just um, through trying to, uh, I'm trying to find the words, <laughs> uh, trying to, trying to, uh, make sure that each piece that we did was of a comparable quality to the one next to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause if you put out 15 records a year, unless you're a big label with, with hundreds of employees, you can't really do that. You know, if you were the people putting together the records, if Tony is doing the graphic design, you know, if I'm doing the publicity and if Tony's doing the recording too, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. And even if I'm helping like with in an ARR capacity, like with, touring suggestions and things like that, which I'd like to do down the road. So, so less means more attention to each piece. So you have to kind of scale your expectations down as to who you'll take and, and if it'll work or not with what you can offer them. You know what I mean? Because uh, no, for some people, yeah. they can do all this on their own and they should, and that's fine. And some people aren't, aren't ready even for this step, you know, 
they don't, you know, they, they don't want to, they aren't prepared mentally or, or musically to go out to a national audience, which is what we're really doing here. So we have to kind of uh, pick and choose from that angle too for who the seven or eight are going to be but but that's that's the that's the dead limit because that made the most sense just from tony and i's time with all the stuff we were talking about balancing so now tone let me ask you this so you guys were talking about that and that was the idea that you guys had when you first started now about almost two years into this or a year and a half into this does seven or eight still seem like the correct number or does it seem like less um, I, to get there eventually seven or eight seems like the perfect number, but due to where we've been just as a world the past two years, like, you know, we announced, we announced the label like right, right before COVID hit. Yeah. So we had, we had bands on, you know, we had you coming in, we had a few other things coming in. We had, you know, we were ready to get records together and have people go out and play shows and, you know, hawk all these records in, in a live situation. And then that all just went away. So, you know, like in a situation like we're in currently, seven or eight is very aggressive, I think. But once the ball starts rolling and we have the ability to get, you know, these 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 acts that we love in front of people, then I think seven or eight is like perfect. I think, and, 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 you know, like Mark said, even less, you know, having the ability to concentrate more on the product itself and i hate even calling a record a product because sure. it seems so sure. you know like corporate it's a piece of, it's a piece of art it's a piece it's you're trying to get an emotional reaction out of somebody so they they take it and love it forever you know yeah like, right right so um so in terms of like putting a number on it and all that stuff like i i feel like seven or eight is like i think that's a sweet spot for us because that's 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 just right about more than I can handle, but I'll get it done because I've got the you know strong work ethic of the Ashworths inside of me. <laughs> and um, but also too it, it you know it, it 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 allows it allows time to you know perfect and learn the process as you're going along, you know. Right, and, and if you if you if you if you just like get the process going and you just repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat, you're not really giving your chance to get better at it. You know, like well, yeah, I might get a better piece of equipment, but am I really using my ear and my knowledge? You know, if I'm just doing the the same thing over and over and over and over again, you know. And you bring up a great point because you do. You guys pretty much it launched right right around when the pandemic happened and started and who knew how long that was going to last i think in the beginning we thought oh this will be a three-month thing and blah 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 and then here we still are which is crazy so it's it's one of those things where as musicians it hurts all of us because where do we sell most of our merchandise at shows you know what i mean where do you get the word of mouth out the most at shows you know like then that basically cuts out touring if you want to do any regional touring because where are you going to play? Or like as a, as a smaller bands, it's really hard to go, all right, I'm going to book a tour. Oh, and now the shows are all canceled. And what if you're on the road and those shows get canceled? Sometimes a band needs that money from next venue to next venue. And then if that, that could be the difference between people eating on the road, gas in the, in the van, whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a really scary situation. Um, yeah. 
I think seven to eight, you know, over time would be great. You know what I mean? I think I think that six is probably a sweet spot because it's almost like a band every two months. You know, the whole entire, you know, you know, the whole, you know, whole kit and caboodle, right? Because you got the recording, the mixing, the mastering, the PR, the release, all that stuff, and that's that's if you know if the bands that you guys are bringing in get good takes and do they do what they what they can do. I mean, there's so many variables, right? It's mm-hmm. it's what I'm trying to bring to light is, I guess for our, the listeners is there's a lot more that goes on with the studio and a lot more that goes on in terms of recording and engineering and mixing and mastering and production that people don't understand. Like for example, Mark, when you're putting out like vinyls for the label, how far are you guys behind? Not you personally, but getting vinyls because the vinyl companies are behind right now. Yeah. And that's a fairly new thing. I mean, it's new, like within the last six months or so. Right. But, uh, but yeah, but you have to, that's a whole other, uh, other kettle of fish now, you know, is trying to kind of navigate that whole thing. But even before, you know, you're right. I mean, you have to, you know, you think, Hey, we're going to put a record out. Yay. And it's like, well, things take time. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's good to start from the beginning of knowing when you're going to put a record out, how long it's going to take before you even start recording a note of it. Um, maybe even writing a note of it in some ways, because you can really plan it like the big boys do and the big girls do right. and, and plan it on a real kind of schedule. Um, but, you know, you talked about instant gratification before, and I think it, it is pretty easy for someone DIY to just throw your stuff on the internet and, and put it out and, and, and record it yourself. And you could put up, you can write and record and put up your own record and have it on Spotify, you know, in a month with the, with equipment you have at home. The difference in what we're doing is that it is a different kind of, of art object, a different piece, something that takes the time to do all of those things to make it comparable to the kind of records you would listen to when you were a kid, you know, or, or, or that you listen to now that are on bigger labels, you know, not exactly like that, you know, because just, just, that's just not going to happen, but comparable, you know, at least to the indies that you love, like we, we could put out a record that sounds like it's on relapse and I, that'd be fine. Yeah, <laughs> right. Know? Totally. Totally. You know, and that, that's something to shoot for really. So, so because it's not expedient, you have to think about it that way. You have to think about it in those, in the terms that you're talking about is like how long things take. And so when you say six is a sweet spot, yeah, that, that, that's probably true every two months, but it could even be longer than that right. or shorter. And plus if someone gives us a ready-made, we'll put it out if we love it um there's uh, uh i don't want to say who they are yet because i don't know which one but <laughs> one of our friends in seattle is in a couple of bands and they're both amazing and if they record up there and they give us something that we can put out uh we would we would we would figure out where to slot that in you know in between two things that tony would be recording for instance um one of the bands we are working with here in uh in the area is called Hired Fun. And they're this amazing uh, crossover thrash band from Carson City. One of the best live bands I've ever seen in this town ever in my life, in this town. (laughs) And they're recording their stuff themselves. And then Tony is gonna do the mastering and all of the other stuff and the mixing and all that. So that's a yet another way we can approach things. So so there's different ways You, you can't get too, I guess my point is you can't get too caught up in the process to not change it up in order to make it best for what you're trying to do. 
And that's where you can get an extra release in if it makes sense, you know, to do. But the judiciousness of, of realizing that you have to do that is something you should think about if you're running a label or if you're in a band, you know, think seriously about how much time you really, it really takes and how much time it's going to take and then add some more time to that. <laughs> and then, and then you've got the magic formula and you can, you know, just sort of do that. But, but yeah, it requires a lot of patience to do it right and to get it in front of more than just your grandma. Right. And well, you know, one thing too, um, the label is, is located in Nevada. So for the people that are listening that are not from Nevada, this is where the label is. Um, so when we talk about the area, we're talking about the Reno Tahoe area, um, which is a really actually strong music scene that, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize how strong it actually is, but it, it is, you know, it's pretty, pretty solid to be honest with you. Um, you know, one of your things that has to be really nice about having to label, and this is probably something that's interesting too, is how do you guys balance who you want to record? How do you guys talk about it yourselves on agreeing who you want to record? Um, and then the other thing is, how do you deal with turning down somebody that might ask you if they want, if you want to record their record. And I will let either one of you take that question. You maybe both Tony. <laughs> okay. Um, Tony, can, Tony can take pieces of it. Then I can take pieces. Perfect. Of it. Perfect. Okay. I'll so, take whatever you don't do. Um, I'll finish your sentences for you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we, Mark and I essentially text each other almost every day with, Hey, check these guys out. Hey, check these guys out. And it's actually really sweet. He'll send me, because I'm a Spotify user, he'll send me the Spotify link. And then when I send him, I know he's an Apple user, so I'll send him the Apple link, you know. So, like, there's, you know, like a few bands here and there that I've, like, I personally found him. been like, hey, check this out. Tell me what you think. And he, you know, that way, I, I want the honest answer out of him first to see if he agrees with me, you mm -hmm. know. So, like, there's this band that i found through a friend you know back east and very very like raw joy division he sounded to him you know but i was really interested in because i think it was like a five song ep and i sent it to mark and i was like all right let's see if he if he's picking up the same thing i did so later that afternoon or maybe the next day he was like so first song banger second song sounded like they were trying to or third song i don't even fucking care Fourth song, they just, the train just fucking went off the tracks. Yeah. Fifth song, fifth song is the best thing they've ever done. It should open the record. And I was like, all right, cool. I, you know, just, so it, in, in that moment, you know, without saying it, we're like, this is a band to keep an eye on. Right. You know, if they can kind of get together and like, if we, if we see, if we see, oh shit, sorry. If we see them do something or hear them do something rather in the next year or so. And, say it's another five songs and three of them are badass this time instead of two it's like all right we'll keep you know watching and and listening and learning but also there's been bands where we're like hired fun is just like we need to work with them and right. it's just like a, it's like a head nod you know like remember when you and i <laughs> eric went to see um cranium do the covers and everything and mark Ernest here started he opened his fucking mouth started singing we both looked at each other and just nodded like yeah. that that's how that's you know the, the the chemistry that mark and i have in terms of what we want to be represent like for to help for us to help represent them in a in a, in a larger 
arena essentially sure um and then what was this what was the second part of that question oh how to turn them down yeah um <laughs> I, want, I can answer that one if you want to well i i've got one but i'm okay. gonna i'm trying not to put my foot in my mouth because oh. we, we were talking about the whole like how long it takes thing from you know the inception of we want to put a record out to like records are in hand sure um i got emailed a thing one time and I, I was like okay cool like what's your time frame i'm a little busy right now and they were like well by this time and i like looked at my watch and i was like Dude, that's like 10 10 hours away like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. essentially like that's like that you know it yeah. was like that yeah. quick and i'm like Dude, I don't know anything about you guys. I've never met you. You just—I don't know what you sound like. You just sent me this stuff, and you were like, "Oh, two weeks, probably, if we could." Oh wow! It's like, wow, like that's why you're getting a hold of me is because you're like, "Well, who's this new guy?" You know, like maybe he'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey likes it. <laughs> so I just, you know, I realistically told 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 them I was like, "Hey, man, you know, I've got a lot on my plate, and I can get to you guys, you know, March, but that's about as." close as i can get to it and they were like oh oh okay well we're gonna keep dropping around i was like yeah, i think you should <laughs> <laughs> i just wonder about that because it's like how hard is it because you know you guys have a lot of friends in the in the scene how hard is it to keep your vision and be polite and just be like you know it's, it's what you guys are doing is not what we're interested in having on your label even though we think you guys are good i mean how do you like how do you go with that mark like um yeah and and, and we've already done that actually with people where we just said you know we're not, we're not sure and basically did just with what tony said you know say well we don't know if this is right for us right now and sometimes it is the truth that we don't have time you know right. if, we, if we've already figured out between our own projects and other people that we want to dedicate time to <clears throat> you know we can't just you know throw somebody in there um even if we love them uh that's just the way it goes you know and um that you just have to be honest and i think most people will understand i think that you know, if they if they don't understand or if they're rude about it, then that's the problem, too. You know, it's like, well, you know, maybe you should uh, come come down off that horse, you know, right. It's a little high. Right. And, right. And you should uh, like realize like really where you're at with things before you do that, you know. And um, but but Tony and I have really similar tastes, as it turns out, you know, for the most part. I mean, he likes a lot more death metal stuff than I do. And I like a lot more like wussy, like indie rock stuff than he does. Although he likes a lot more of that than I thought. Um, but but, we, but we, we, we have a meeting of the minds a lot more frequently and telepathically than I was expecting with this. And so, so, so the conversation between us isn't necessarily as difficult. Um, I, I've always been waiting for the other shoe to drop and it hasn't yet where I'm in a project he's not in and vice versa. And we're really into it. But one of the other one of us doesn't want to put it out on the label. And that might happen someday. I don't know. Yeah. It depends on how esoteric we get or whatever. Um, I'll, I'll tell the Manchild <laughs> story because um, when I first joined up with Manchild, uh, we were first talking about it and he was like, well, we were going to put it out on tone mark. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Um, and I honestly didn't, you know, cause I could put it out on my own and do all this other stuff, but is it, is it something that Tony's going to like too? You know, it's a, we both have to like it or it's not going on, you know, that's just the way it is. And, you know, and I didn't think it was a fait accompli for him to like every single thing that I do, you know, that would be kind of 
egotistical and strange. So he had to come see us and he saw our first show and he really liked it. And so now we're going to do the record. And, and I feel the same way about his stuff too. He played me, he's about to put it out. Um, his first solo uh, record that's more of a full band record, but it's all solo. So it's not atmospheric. It's really song structure. It's called Morning Light. It's going to come out. It's gonna, I think probably the next record that's going to come out, I think. Yeah. And, um, and Tony had me bless it, you know, basically said, here's what it sounds like. What do you think? Is this direction I should be going in? Is this tone mark worthy or should I just put it out on my own like I did my other ones? And I listened to it super objectively, you know, from that stance, both both frankly liking and not liking some of his solo stuff, because some of it was a, a too, too much like instrumental music for me and it's not my thing. But this, all of this was my thing. <laughs> and I really liked it just as a listener and thought it was really great and, and, and thought and thought an audience would really latch on to it uh, because it was in a style in that style that was different, but just enough to like hook certain people. And I thought, well, yeah, well, we have to put this out on time, Mark, even if it's got your name on it, you know, and that's <laughs> an artist because, because it's, 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 it, it fits the criteria, whether we're involved in it or not. Um, but if, but if it was, a, if it was a bunch of stuff that I, I, I didn't think would, would uh, have a wide audience or I didn't think would benefit him from being on the label and getting a push, I would say so. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, he, and I would hope he would do the same for me for my next esoteric dumb thing I do someday. <laughs> that, that, that's like no one's. Well, I don't do that. Do you? Um, and 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 obviously we won't name names, right? But is there has there been a band yet where you guys have had a disagreement about wanting to uh, to have on the label? Like, is there? Um, well, well, there's, there's one where we have a slight disagreement, um, and I won't say who it is, but, um, and it is, it is going to end up out on the label. Um, it's, 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 um, uh, I I don't know if I can do it without saying the name. I'm just going to do it. Why not? (laughs) If the people who don't like it don't like me, then too bad. Uh, there was this band that used to be in town called Yes, Sir, and I really like them and they're very good live. Uh, but they haven't been around for years and years. And uh, suddenly dropped into our lap was their final recording that never came out. And Tony was a lot more enthusiastic about putting it out than I am um, <laughs> for the reasons I mentioned. Uh, for me, you know, I, I, you know, he, he sees, he does see in it. And I agree to an extent, there's a lot of artistic value in it. And it represents Reno, that time in Reno in a way that would be good to archive and to have that be our role as the label. Whereas I see it as something I really can't push to anyone else because it's quite esoteric and, um, and spending the money to, to get it to a certain point to that point as a risk, I didn't see um, that got out of the equation because the people in that band are going to pay for it. So that's fine. So that that's what twisted my arm. <laughs> but um and then I wouldn't necessarily have to work it. So it is going to be like an archival release with us. So, but that's the only thing I can think of right now, Tony, that we're, where we didn't agree, even the bands that we've in town that we've already thought, well, they're good, but I don't know if I want to put it out yet. We both basically said that in unison, if I remember. Yeah. Well, there was, I have, I, have a, I have a buddy I used to work with and he's been doing, this was a real quick flash in the pan last year sometime. And it wasn't so much that we disagreed. It was like you, 
kind of like made a suggestion and it made it, it was like a, the light bulb went off over my head i have a buddy of mine who plays acoustic and he you know has very very really really cool voice it's like a mix between like waylon and 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 like willie and all that stuff it's got that vibe to it but he's also got this weird like you know snowboarder rastafarian vibe it's just he's a goofy motherfucker and he writes really catchy stuff and i was like you know i would like to get him in the studio if if we can if you know you know just like down the road and when he's ready or whatever and mark was like i think this is something more for uh, a, a spike and um and greg to do and i was like oh that's fucking brilliant so right. i gave my buddy spike and greg's information so and and spike and greg from uh LAF, Soul, greg, yeah, laf records um yeah and and that's the other beautiful thing about the northern nevada area it seems like a lot of, of of us work together which is really neat and and knowing like i i don't i don't know if this makes sense but i think it makes more sense for you guys to take this project <laughs> and vice versa right the other thing i i want to ask real quick is so will you record people and not put it out on your label yeah so i'm i'm definitely running the great divide den as an entity on its own okay but any band that we decide to work with mm -hmm. gets to black out the studio for when they're ready for okay. free. Okay. So like I I'm working with this death metal band from back like Ohio, Virginia area. I'm working with um like uh who was who else? Who else was I got I got some other client. I can't remember who it is right now off the top of my head. Um that you know, I'm trying to keep trying to keep myself busy in the studio while you know we're kind of waiting for the world to come back so we can start pumping these records out and get bands on stages so i there are bands that we absolutely will take like i i will take as the engineer uh -huh. to track and record and do you know work with um and there's also bands that we've actually openly said that um they have like a certain person they always have gone to so I was like, if we just, if we work with them, they should right. go back to that person. Like I, sure. I would feel more comfortable in, instead of me trying to mimic that guy's sound that they capture. Unless they're looking for something different. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's, you know, it's just kind of case to case, you know, basis. It's, you know, if somebody comes to us as a label and Mark and I are like, nah, not really for the label, I'll, I'll still go, but if you're interested, here are my rates. Right. You know, like, you know. So you have we also, we also reserve the right if he does record someone that doesn't want to be on the label and it's an amazing recording <laughs> to to uh, we, we will discuss and we've talked about this as an eventuality. We will discuss if maybe it is something we want to pitch to them to actually put it out, even if that wasn't part of the original plan. If 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 lightning gets in the bottle, you know. Sure. Because you don't want to, you know, if it makes sense to do that, why not? You know, if it's going to help that band, why not? But, um, but it's it that that to me would be a pretty rare thing. It, we, I think you Tony's already going to know going in, you know, whether it's going to be more on tone mark or not. I would think. And it's nice for you guys to have that flexibility, <laughs> knowing like, okay, I can keep recording people, you know, and we know we know who we want to work with together, but it's still functioning studio to, you know, and then are you, what else are you offering 
from the studio? Like, are you doing, um, are you doing like touch-ups on stuff? Are you doing just straight up mastering stuff? Are you, I mean, are you pretty much doing the whole everything or what do you, what are you offering? Yeah. Yeah. I, I not too much production work cause I want to get my name out there in terms mm-hmm. of like being a producer. Sure. I'm trying to put, you know, a lot of ton of like work and time into mixing um, and mastering. Um, and I'm, and I've offered, uh, to do podcasts as well. If you need mastering for podcasts, um, that's a pretty simple thing, especially if you already have it edited and you're just like, I, oh, why can't I get the volume? I can help with that. Um, and that's about it. Like I'm trying to stray away from tracking. Cause you remember the nightmares way to go through with the, 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 so I'm in a really old house and it doesn't have the updated power conditioners all throughout each room and all that shit so i've had to put power conditioners in but i'm still like when the fridge kicks on there's a chance it like freezes <laughs> like freezes the software and it's like you go back and listen you're like what the fuck where did that tom hit come from like so i'm trying to like not so much stray away from tracking but i'm very particular about who i would like to track for sure right. um but yeah, I'm just, like I said, trying to keep busy with it. And, you know, it's on the job training, essentially what it is. It's a lot of, okay, let's, you know, crank this knob this way and crank this knob this way. Nope, that sounds like shit. Reverse, you know? <laughs> like, right, right. You know, it's just, you know, because you can take classes all you want, you know, and it's like my cooking career, man. Like, I, I can, I, I could have looked at a recipe at 18 years old and the same recipe now, and I would make it completely different. Yeah, just because I've had you know the twenty years of experience to really dig in and, and and you know be able to put my own flair to things, and I think that's what's really important about you know putting the time into the studio as much as I have been is you know just learning, being a sponge, and trying to take you know like hearing like I listen to other podcasts and stuff all the time of you know like the UR, <coughs> URM guys like I listen to their podcasts a bunch, it's like learning little things. But it's really funny you like listen to one one guy say something and then it was like literally the week before the guy was like that's a huge no no don't ever fucking do that isn't that crazy <laughs> you know it's like so it's like that's why I'm like okay I can you know have mentors and stuff or I can sit down and crank this knob until it sounds fucking good and what do we want we just want it to sound good so. well and think about this too man like in all of the recording history there's been great mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's yeah. been mistakes that have turned like, you know, the old, uh, the old Zeppelin trick where, where they mic'd Bonham's kit and they forgot to put the mic back in the place it was supposed to be. And that's what got them that sound. I mean, mm-hmm. there's been so many things. I mean, think about technology, everything updated, people doing all sorts of wacky things, trying things out. And that's the nice thing about the studio at your house. You have that flexibility of going, I'm going to go downstairs tonight and I'm just going to screw around with putting a mic in a different place and recording something and seeing how it turns out mm-hmm. and not having to worry about wasting, you know, money, right? Like, you know, 50 bucks an hour, 75 bucks an hour, whatever studios are charging nowadays, you can actually go, all right, I'm going to try these things and not try it with an actual band per se. You can try it on your own and then go, okay, when this band comes in, I'm going to say, hey, I tried this thing out. I want to try it with you guys, see what you think, go from there. Um, as label owners, right, um, and I, like I said, I have a lot of aspiring 
uh, musicians that listen. And I'm sure some of them are, you know, aspiring, you know, to maybe run their own label one of these days. What can both of you guys give for advice for somebody just trying to get that foot in the door of, of doing this? And I'll start off with you first, Mark. Um, make a five-year plan and then throw it in the garbage can. Sweet. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but the long version of that answer is, is, um, is, is kind of that, you know, start with a plan, really talk about the why more than anything else. Don't, don't just like, what, what, what do you want the success to look like? I don't mean to sound like Tony Robbins or some shit like that, <laughs> but, but what do you want? What do you want success to sound like? You know, what, what, what does it look like to you? Like, do you want to just have a great piece of thing that you can sell to your buddies? Do you want to just have, you know, do you want to be, you know, on a Spotify playlist someday? Are you excited about that prospect? Do you want to get a review in Mojo in the UK? Do you, um, you know, do you, are you excited just to have just a handful of other people around the world hear you? You know, like where do you want your music kind of to go? And then that's what you plan from there, whether you're the label mogul or you're the musician and think, ask yourself those kind of questions first before you even take a step. So that's the first advice I would give is like, don't just say, you know, let's put on a show kids, you know, let's, let's think about what we're trying to do. And then what are the steps you can take in order to get there intuitively and ask people, you know, you know, ask us, you know, if you know us or ask, you know, other people or from what you've seen from other bands, especially if you're friends with bands that are on labels or, you know, cause we are. And so it's very easy to find that kind of information out. And um, just, just really that's, that's, that's it mostly is like crafting, like think about the plan before you start executing it and don't, don't, you know, don't cart before a horse that much stuff, you know, some stuff you're just going to have to because of circumstances like a pandemic that's going to come and throw weird shit at you. But um, for the most part, it's about, it's about, you know, Knowing, knowing why you're doing it and, and what are the steps to get there and is it something that I can do or not? That's um, a great piece. If of I can't, yeah, and if I can't, then get some people to help out, you know, and don't just, just covet it all to yourself too. Because he or I, even though we have separate roles in some respects, still couldn't do our individual roles without the other person too. So, you know, if, if not just for brain power, among other things. So, so that's, that's it. Basically plan really well, but don't be surprised if the plans kind of go to shit a little bit and be adaptable. Uh, but always with that end goal in mind of whatever that is that you're trying to seek. Uh, that's great. That's great advice. Uh, Tone. Um, I, I mean, I, I, everything he just said is, I agree with it completely. I think what I would add is, you know, don't get intimidated by your like your don't get intimidated by your emotions that you're having at any given moment like we're human and we're you know like we we, we call each other human beings but what we really are is we're humans in the state of being like we got to allow ourselves to exist in whatever state that we're in in that moment <clears throat> so if you're getting frustrated with something you're probably on the right track you know don't give up and like mark said you can plan and plan and plan but 
the more things go to shit, the more shit you learn, you know, and that's kind of something I've always looked at, even in my cooking career and stuff was like, I don't know how many, how much thousands of dollars I've burnt in bacon, but I still burn bacon, you know, and it's like, oh shit. Okay. Well, whatever, you know, like that's actually one thing that we, you know, a friend of mine who opened a restaurant a few years ago, he's like, what, you know, when you ran places, like what was, what was like your last question on their way out the door when you were interviewing somebody? I was like, I always asked him if they ever burnt bacon. He was like, why? And I was like, cause if they said no, I'd never fucking called them back. Cause they were a fucking liar. <laughs> burn bacon once a week. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but at, at Tomark, Tomark studios, burning bacon. Burn, burn. <laughs> yeah. Right. Burning bacon all year long. Um, no, it's just, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Cause you learn from mistakes. And like I said, we're, we're, we're humans in the state of being allow yourself to be, you know, you just really have to, you can't get frustrated at, you know, yourself for not you know picking up a piece of you know for picking up a piece of new equipment and not knowing exactly how it works immediately you know that can go for anything you know Ah, that's great great it's a great point man it's it's uh you know music's passion if you're doing it for the right reasons right so whether you have somebody in the studio that's recording or you're behind the board doing what you're doing there's a lot of passion and energy in that space it's the passion of the artist trying to get the takes right or trying to convey the energy, you know, onto tape or digital or whatever you want to call it nowadays, right? Yeah, right. And, and it, it, it's like that synergy between everybody, right? And you want everybody wants to, to get the best product out there, right? But at the same time, it's, you know, you said a great point about, you know, like if you're fucking up or, or you're getting frustrated or whatever, it's like you're on that right path. You know what I mean? Because you can almost feel like it's almost there, you know, and, and not giving up is huge, man, because, you know, like I said, we're in an instant gratification world right now, man. And it's nothing comes overnight, whatever you do, in my opinion, it's a, there's always something that's going to, you know, it's, it's always worth putting in the time and effort if you love what you're doing. And if you believe in it, I think that's the yeah. most important thing. You know what I mean? Um, I'll ask you guys one last question. Um, is there one thing you would have done differently so far? And I'll start off with Tony on this one. Uh, yeah, I would have given myself a lot more time to learn this shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, you know what? I, I, you know, I mean, fuck, Eric, you brought the creme de la creme of talent on your record, you know, to, so I got to work, like the first thing I got to do was to work with these amazing, amazing people. But I think if there's one thing that I, I, I wish I would have done a little differently, I, it, there's this adage, and I'm sure it's in every fucking, you know, career out there, but, it you know, buy nice or buy twice. And there's a few pieces of equipment that I bought that I'm like, oh, that's why that thing was only $200, you know, like. <laughs> right. So it's just, you know, I, I wish I would have been a little more meticulous about instead of like reeling myself in and really confining my excitement to patience, I, you know, splurged on a few things that I shouldn't have. And I wish I would have just done a little more research, you know, like Mark said, take plan. I was really bad at planning at that point. So I just, sure. I'll buy this and I'll buy this and I'll buy this. And now I've got shit that just sits in the basement. Right. But then there might be that one project you use it on. You yeah, never, exactly. You, you exactly. never know. Right. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Mark? Um, I would probably figure out, and, and I'm still working on this, so 
And it's funny because we talked about this earlier, this idea of balance and all of that. But I would figure out a way to, um, or I wish I would have, uh, even before we put a record out or were on, on the road to putting your record out, Eric, or in general, I, I, I should have come up with systems that were a little bit more uh, tested and or uh, fault proof <laughs> for actually getting the record out, you know, and, 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 and doing even some more research additionally into like what would make sense you know, and I, because I, I, I think I spun my wheels a little bit too much on your record as well as now on the vague record a little bit too with that. Uh, and, and I'm learning my lesson a little bit because we're going to be putting out a couple more records this year, of course. And I'm already thinking now in advance when I have sort of company time, you know, right to, to, to make, to have my radar out and to think about, you know, where in, uh, in my, uh, in my hard drive, as it were, figuratively and literally <laughs> to put the kind of information that would help a band down the road, including mine. Um, so I would, I would have been a little bit more attentive to that uh, from the get go and made that part of my everyday life and routine and the every week routine more so than I have. So I've, I feel like I'm still kind of playing catch up a little bit sure. with, uh, with a lot of that stuff. And so um so that's that's probably the usual enemy of time stuff you know that everyone says <laughs> yeah now it makes complete sense um let's plug everything real quick while okay. we have that opportunity so uh of everything whoever wants to plug plug i'll start um okay. uh well i'll start with kanawa which is the band tony and i are in and uh we uh, uh are going to be uh, recording a new record this year for sure. We're going to start playing shows again. We're not ready to announce who our new bass player is, but, but I believe we have one. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be working with him to uh, get him up to speed. And so if you're listening to this and you're in Reno, you know, expect to see us live at some point, uh, midpoint-ish this year probably. And then a record to be around maybe that same time or maybe a little bit later. Um, I'm, I'm in a band called Manchild. Uh, that's playing pretty frequently. We're probably going to record in the spring. It'll be on Tone Mark. Um, and we'll probably play shows when you can do that safely again uh, in any kind of capacity. Um, uh, the label is my only other thing. I only have those three things. <laughs> the, 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 the big record. What's the that? Record. The big record. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess I talk, yeah, the big record. It's out. <laughs> Double Exposure is the name of it. It's a six song EP. It's on Bandcamp now. You can find it on the Tomark Sounds Bandcamp page or on vaguechoir.bandcamp.com. And it is on all the sites now. So you can get it on Apple and Spotify and uh, YouTube and all that fun stuff as well. Our last record. Um, I, I guess I can announce here that there might be one more vague related project that it's not going to be Tomark, but we'll see what happens with that later in the year. Um, and that's it. That's all I can think of to plug. <laughs> Tone, plug some stuff. Uh, I put out a single uh, at the end of December. It's up on all the streaming sites now and on my Bandcamp. Um, Anthony Scott Collier Ashworth. The song is called Prologue. Um, you know, Kenawa, he took care of. Be on the lookout for Honest Without Telling. Again, I'm doing that with uh, Jeremy Granada, who was the original vocalist for 12 Gauge Facelift. I'm excited to be working with him. Um, I have 
that under the moniker Anthony Scott Collier, the moniker, it's my fucking name. The moniker. <laughs> <laughs> the Anthony prophet. Scott Collier Ashworth. Yeah, the prophet, right? <laughs> under the name Logan Sperling, I'm releasing <laughs> everything you've ever needed to know. In jokes. In jokes. Um, but no, uh, Anthony Scott Collier Ashworth, um, probably springish. You'll see Morning Light hit. Um, it's going to be a eight song um, LP that we're going to put on vinyl and everything too on Tomark Sounds. And Young and Brown EP, probably springish too. Um, I don't know if we're actually going to put that on a seven inch yet or not. I mean, the guys are talking about that. So, and. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it for me. Come see me at Washoe Public House for lunch. There you go. You guys are busy. I knew this was going to be a great interview, a great show, great talk. I knew it was going to be awesome. Um, and I really feel like a lot of people you know, that listened learned a lot today. If you got that far, who knows if you got that far or not. But if you did, <laughs> <laughs> then... Uh, you can I rewind think- and fast forward on pods, you know absolutely absolutely you can you can you can digest them in more than one sitting you can take two or three days too if you listen to some of the crazy ones that are four hours long which we do not do on here gentlemen thank you so much for your time you're super generous with it and uh i really enjoyed learning more about what it's like to run a label you know and run a label that also is a studio and also does marketing because those three things you know especially in today's day and age I think are super important to have any sort of success getting your music out there to people besides the people that are in your circle, right? I mean, there's you, you talked about the algorithms earlier, Tone, and all those things. They're constantly changing. Facebook mm-hmm. is a shit show now when it comes to trying to promote anything. It's just a fucking nightmare. Um, but it's so I'm a saying, thing people use a lot still, right? So it's... Well, that's what I'm saying. We get back on the streets with flyers and staple guns, man. Man, I had some of my best <laughs> memories doing that shit back in the day, man. Oh. <laughs> some of my best memories ever, man. But gentlemen, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, and uh, everybody look out for uh, uh, quite a bit of releases coming up here, it sounds like, in the spring for uh, for Tomark Sounds, including a new Vague record, which is uh, very good, by the way, my friend. Oh, thank I've you very much. I've had a chance to listen it. to it. Um, and great job on the uh, recording aspect of that tone. So, if you feel like you got something you're passionate about and these two guys would like to hear it, make sure you uh, get a hold of them. Um, and Tone Mark Sounds, you, we can find you guys on Instagram. You can find it on Facebook. Instagram and Facebook, yeah. Yeah, yeah we haven't. Follow we haven't us. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, follow us. Follow us on Instagram and then um, and then we, we can you, you message us if you're interested. Awesome. All right, gentlemen, have yourselves a great night. Thanks again for coming on the show. Super appreciate it. Thanks again for Mark and Tony for coming on the show today. Really enjoyed talking with them. Uh, they were nice enough to give us one of the songs from the Vague Choir. It's a new release called Killed the Party. Here it is. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Write reviews. It helps. Really appreciate all the support. Have a great day.
I feel better. In- 